is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble though the earth be Hi, and welcome to Journey Through the Word, a podcast that takes us through the scriptures, one book and one message at a time. I'm Jeff Gilbert, and I'll be your guide through the Bible to help you better understand God's Word, what He wants to teach us, and more about His Son, Jesus Christ. Hi, today we're going to continue in the book of Acts. Now we're in chapter 10. It's a continuation of the story of the early church and how it grew and spread and how the gospel moved and how the Holy Spirit worked in the hearts of men. Up until this point, we could say that the church was a Jewish church. It was those who had been practicing Judaism and they met Christ or they experienced the power of his Holy Spirit and they were following Christ The difference is they realized that Jesus was the way to the Heavenly Father now. In the Old Testament, the way to the Heavenly Father was through sacrifice and obedience. And if they were obedient, if they listened to the voices of the prophets, if they did all of the laws that God had put in place, God would continue to lead them and direct them. Of course, they had to put Him first and do away with idolatry and sin in their lives. And and those things, you know, were were very hard, obviously, for them to do because they couldn't do them well. But when Christ came, he replaced those sacrifices of animals with a permanent sacrifice, and he was the Lamb of God. And he was the sacrifice that replaced all of those things that were taking place in the Old Testament. He fulfilled all of the law for us, the Bible says, and we're saved through the shedding of his blood and through the sprinkling of his blood. So his salvation came to them, and, you know, they were really learning how to follow Christ. Because in the Old Testament, it was laws. And then Christ came, and they could see him face to face, and they were following him in that way. But then, along comes the Holy Spirit. Christ dies, rises from the dead, ascends into heaven, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So now God is living inside them, and in a different way. And he's not visible He's driving through spiritual gifts. He's driving the church through spiritual gifts. He's driving personal behavior through conviction and through spiritual gifts in a personal manner and in the church. And in chapter 10, we see how he's using the people in spiritual gifts here. And he's about to open the door for the gospel to really be spread around the world. Because to keep it only within the Jewish um, religion or the Jewish nationality would have been very limiting. And even though God worked through that nation up until that time, we're now entering a time where he's setting that, um, working through that group aside for the most part, and now he's turning his attention to the Gentile or the non-Jewish part of the world. And so we have a guy, he lives in Caesarea, his name is Cornelius, and It says that he's Italian. He's part of an Italian group or an Italian band, depending on what translation you're taking a look at. And he sees one day an angel come into his house, the tanner. So Peter's, you know, he's down near, you know, down closer to Jerusalem in Joppa. And he's residing in Simon the Tanner's house. And 
When the angel gives this message to Cornelius in Caesarea, God is also giving a message to Peter down in Joppa. And Peter has gone up. It's around 12 o'clock. He's hungry, so he's probably been fasting or they just haven't served anything to eat that day. And he goes up on the roof and he's, he's praying and, and seeking God and suddenly he has a vision. And in the vision, this great big piece of material, this cloth comes down and it's filled with all kinds of unclean animals. And, and the Lord speaks to Peter and he says, take, kill and eat. And now Peter, you know, he's a devout Jew with all of the tradition and the laws built into him from since he was a child. No, Lord, I would never eat that which was unclean. And then it happened three times. And, you know, the Lord said to him, what I've made clean, don't call thou unclean. You know, well, that's the King James Version anyway. Don't call unclean what I call clean. So, you know, if, if you were to have that vision, of course it would be incredible. And you'd say, what in the world does that mean? And that's exactly what Peter said. While he was wondering what the vision meant, some men were knocking at the door downstairs or at the entryway. I don't know if they knocked back then. They probably yelled shalom or something like that to get people's attention inside. In modern day, we knock and ring doorbells, but I'm not really sure how they did it back then. But they're at the doorway, and then the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, go down and talk to these men, okay, receive them. So this is really a strong message for both because God's about to open the Gentile world to the message and the salvation of Jesus Christ. So he sends a very strong message with an appearance of an angel to stand in the house of Cornelius and tell him to go send for a guy and here's his name and here's where he lives and the guy's name who owns the house and have him brought back here. So he has great expectations about what's going to happen when Peter shows up. On the other side, Peter's receiving a vision that he doesn't really understand what it means. And he also hears the Holy Spirit speak to him in some way, saying to go down and receive these men. So God's working again here on both ends of the story. He's giving direction to one through spiritual gifts or through a visitation of an angel, I should say. And then he's giving a message on the other end through spiritual gifts. So, you see, God really wants to be clear in his messaging. He wants to show us in a very simple and clear way what we should do. And it shouldn't be any, any great doubt. If God works and appears in these ways, we don't have doubt. We can have faith that God spoke and we can go and obey whatever he tells us to do. So Peter receives the guys, he goes off with them, and they head up to Caesarea. And on that end... Now Cornelius has gathered people together, friends and family, because he has a great expectation. I'm sure he went around and said, listen, you will not believe what happened to me, but an angel came into my house and he told me to send for Peter. He gave me his address and he told, him, told me to bring him here. So everybody's, you know, shocked and amazed, you can imagine. So they're all gathered around, waiting for Peter to come, wondering what's going to happen, what's he going to say, what's the purpose of all this, what in the world is going to happen. And so when Peter arrives, he's also surprised, you know, he sees, well, they're all Gentiles here. 
And he said, you know, I can, I understand now that God is, you know, no respecter of persons. He, he loves the Jews and he loves the Gentiles. He has the same message for them that he has for us. So Peter goes in amongst the friends and family who are gathered there. And he starts to share the blessing of Jesus and the filling of the Holy Spirit and how God works and saves. I will say, an interesting thing that I've noticed is that when the Holy Spirit begins to work somewhere, say a new area, uh, I can think of several times where in a particular uh, village or city or town or in a home, Things were happening with the Lord. The Holy Spirit was present and people were attending and really receiving a blessing. And the ones who come are the friends. We talk to our friends and our family. And God uses different people in the family and he extends his work through family and friends. And we, we notice this all the time. These are the ones God wants to work with. So in this case, these are friends and family. They're waiting to hear. They're just anxious to hear what Peter has to say. That's really, you know, they're like, oh my goodness, what is he going to say? And he starts telling them about Jesus, about um, the baptism of John the Baptist. And he said, we were all witnesses of what they did there in, in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And that they put him to death, but God raised him on the third day and he made him to appear to us. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses. And they ate and they drank with him after he rose from the dead. And then he commanded them, he says, he commanded us, you know, to, to preach to the people and to testify that he was the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And everybody bears witness here in verse 43. It says, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So this is just obedience. Cornelius obeyed what the angel instructed. Peter obeyed, even though it was against every nerve and fiber in his body. He obeyed and he went to the house of a Gentile where he had never been before. It was not allowed. They were considered unclean. And when he went in, he just started to talk about his experience. You know, we follow Jesus. He died, he rose from the dead, he appeared to us. We ate and we drank with him after he rose from the dead. So, you know, it really happened. It wasn't just like, oh, I think I saw something. We really had an experience with him after he rose from the dead. And then he told us to go and preach, and that's why I'm here preaching to you. But while he's saying these words, while he's obeying God, his words aren't anything different than he might have said before, but he's in the real will of God, doing what God asked him to do at that particular moment. And while he was saying those things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And, you know, Peter and all the ones that were with him, they were Jewish. They were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. And what happened when the Holy Spirit fell? Okay, how did he, how did he know that the Holy Spirit fell on them. It says here in verse 46, so they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. And then Peter said, let's baptize these people with water. Can, let's, 
those who have just received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. We can't, we can't keep them from being baptized and becoming a follower of Jesus and becoming just like we are. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus, that they asked him to remain for some days. And so, you know, those days must have been glorious. The excitement and the signs that were happening when the Holy Spirit had baptized them. Then they were baptized in water. And I'm sure Wally Peter was there for a few days. He told them lots of stories and experiences that he had with Jesus and what was going on in Jerusalem and really set a good foundation for a group of followers there in Caesarea to be started. It's the same way the church spread everywhere. Somebody had an open heart. Someone brought a message according to God's plan. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to serve God. And they begin to follow God in the way that they're taught by God. The Holy Spirit lives in them, directs and guides their life, and wonderful things begin to happen. And numbers are always added, and signs follow, and miracles follow. Those things were typical. You know, later on, Peter, you know, he made some mistakes about this, because later on we see that uh, he even separated himself from Gentiles, so that he, he wouldn't look bad in front of the Jewish people that he was with. So, you know, Peter was still a very imperfect person, but the Holy Spirit still worked through him and used him. And another thing that, that we should take away from it is that, you know, God is no respecter of persons. He looks for the person with the open heart, those who are ready to receive his message. And if we're ready to receive his message, his Holy Spirit wants to come and abide in our lives too, and work and direct our lives, and bring us great blessings, bring us signs, and bring us wonders. So we need to open our hearts and ask God to please work in us. And don't ever stop. Every day work something new in our lives, God, because that's what we want. So open your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus to save you and to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you can receive this same blessing that they received back then, and that because God opened the door to the Gentiles, many of us are receiving it today. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble.